Happy Wednesday, everybody. It is the VBAC link, and we have a really fun story for you guys today. This is a story that a lot of people actually, I think, might fear um, something happening, but I don't really... I don't know. I think I would love this to happen for me too. And I know Julie has talked about it being something that she desired so excited. when she was having babies. So I can't wait to hear Katie share her story today. But of course, we have a review of the week and Julie is going to do the honors. Okay, here we go. I have a review. It's from Katie Warren 11 on Apple Podcasts. And she says, I wish I would have found this sooner. I am loving this show. I wish I would have heard these ladies before my last baby. I was planning on a VBAC seven years after my first baby and just kind of thought it would happen. I didn't realize I might have to fight for it. I got to the week of my due date and my body didn't seem at all ready. Then they estimated her weight, nine pounds, 12 ounces. And the doctor told me no option. You're getting a C-section after listening to these stories. I now know that there were other options. Oh, I wonder how much, wait, did she say her baby did measure that or actually weigh that or just measured that? That was the estimated weight. I, I didn't wonder... see what her size, her babies were. Oh, I wonder how much, if you were listening, you should write us and I'm just yeah. always, I always get curious. I know. <laughs> me too. Me too. Me too. I too am so excited about Katie's story because it's a birth that I have dreamed about forever. And you might already know what it is, but we are going to leave you hanging and let Katie get to that exciting part of the story. <laughs> you are tuned in to the VBAC Link podcast with Julie Francom and Megan Heaton, VBAC moms, doulas, and educators here to help you get inspired for birth after having a C-section. Together, they have created a robust VBAC preparation course along with this uplifting podcast for women who are preparing for their VBAC. Although these episodes are VBAC specific, they encourage all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a cesarean from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan. Do you want a VBAC but don't know where to start? It's easy to feel like we need to figure it all out on our own. That's what we used to do, and it was the loneliest, most ineffective thing we have ever done. That's why Megan and I created our signature course, How to VBAC, the ultimate preparation course for parents that you can find at the VBAClink.com. It is the most comprehensive VBAC preparation course in the world, perfectly packaged in an online self-paced video course. Together, Megan and I have helped over 800 parents get the birth that they wanted, and we are ready to help you too. Head on over to the VBAClink.com to find out more and sign up today. That's the vbacklink.com. See you there. All right. We're going to jump in. We have Katie, as I know Julie said, and she's actually a birth doula and a postpartum doula in Denver, Colorado. Her company name is Denver Born, which I love that. She's also one of our VBAC link doulas. So we're really excited for her starting her journey with us and in our little tribe. And um, yeah, she's got a really fun and exciting story. So I don't want to take up too much time and let's turn the time over to you, Katie. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited to share my story with you guys. I am a huge birth nerd and I could talk about birth all day long, but today I'm excited to share my three birth stories 
I'll kind of go over a little brief stories about my first two babies and then the exciting story at the end. So Yay. Here, <laughs> here we go. I'm so excited. <laughs> the suspense. There is suspense. I'm I'm suspensed right now. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. So my first pregnancy was about five and a half years ago. And I had a really uneventful pregnancy. I really love being pregnant. It's just wonderful for me. I feel really strong. And yeah, so we had a really uneventful pregnancy that first time. And we decided to have care with some midwives in a hospital here in Denver. And it was actually the hospital I was born at. So I was pretty excited about that. We loved our midwives. It was a great fit for us. And around 39 weeks, I started having these contractions that would only come at night. And I don't know if you've heard of that pattern before, but it is a frustrating way to get into labor. A prodromal. Um, oh my goodness. It was so hard. The it always contract- happens at night. At Why? night. I don't know what it is, but my contractions would start like late at night and then they would go away every morning. And they were, it was a lot of really hard contractions at night. It wasn't just kind of wimpy ones. And so after the third night of this prodromal labor, I decided I need to go into my midwife and see what's happening. I'm so tired and maybe she can give me something to sleep or something like that. So my husband went to work and I drove myself to my midwife office because I wasn't having contractions during the day. And she saw me and Um, she asked if she could check me and I said of course and she checked me and just started giggling and I was kind of shocked because she said I was already eight and a half centimeters dilated whoa whoa that's amazing it was crazy I just wasn't prepared I didn't think that I was in labor and I thought my body was just being weird and sure enough I was about ready to have a baby but my labor kind of stalled because it was maybe during the day or baby positioning, we're not sure. But it took about six hours after she had checked me to kind of make it to 10 centimeters. And even though I made it to 10 centimeters, my baby still wasn't descending. She wasn't coming down all the way. And so my midwife suggested that I get I try an epidural. And I was really worried about it. My husband and I really wanted that unmedicated birth. But my midwife offered the epidural in a way that it was just a tool. And she said, you know, we've tried a lot of different positions and lots of different things, but I think we just need to try this tool and see if this will help us. And I was so happy she presented it that way because it made it less scary and it actually made it seem like a really good idea to try. And so I got the epidural and I kind of rested for about 45 minutes. And sure enough, that's all my body needed. The Baby descended, and I was able to push, and we were able to meet our first baby girl, Elliot. And uh, my midwife, my favorite part of that birth was that our midwife kind of encouraged my husband to work his way down the hospital bed. So while I was pushing, (laughs) (laughs) he like started off holding my hand. And then she said, oh, maybe, maybe hold her leg and then, oh, hold her foot. Oh, look, look at your baby. Put some gloves on. And then she just let him catch our baby, which was so fun and not something that either of us were excited or prepared for. And it was really amazing that she just let him catch Elliot and be the first one to meet her. And then he brought her to my chest and it was a really wonderful start to our postpartum journey. Yeah. And Aww. 
Aww. It was so special. I love and, it. That's yeah. awesome. I think a lot of dads are hesitant. A lot of partners are hesitant to catch, but mm-hmm. I've been seeing it more and more and it is pretty amazing. And they're so glad that they did it after. I'm loving it. Okay. My favorite part of birth. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> dad's ugly cry right after baby was born. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm messing up my cell phone snapping pictures. I just love it. <laughs> I think that's one of my favorite parts too. I always am looking at the baby coming out and then I switch to the dad really fast because I love to see that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is, it was a beautiful delivery. It was really fun. It wasn't really the way we were expecting to have a baby, but in the end it turned out to be the most wonderful story. And then a couple years later, we were pregnant again with our second baby. And we decided to try a birth center near us for the second baby, just because we had had such great results with the midwives and we knew we could do um, an unmedicated birth. And yeah, we were super pumped. So we started care with a birth center down the street and it was wonderful to have care there. I mean, you get to have your prenatal exams on this queen size bed and they take all the time in the world to chat with you and there's snacks and it was wonderful. And at around 39 and a half weeks um, after a really mellow pregnancy again, my water broke at night right after my husband and I said goodnight to each other. And so I was laying in bed and I felt like this pop in my belly, but it wasn't like the movies where it like bursts everywhere. It was just like this trickle, but it was for sure my water had broken. Mm-hmm. And so we... Uh, We weren't feeling contractions yet, but there was definitely like something was starting. So we stayed at home for a while and uh, we went into the birth center the next morning, but still contractions hadn't really kicked into gear. And I was kind of dilating, but nothing seemed to really happen. So the midwives at the birth center started me on the breast pump and uh, some tinctures and all sorts of stuff. They did some acupuncture in my feet and my legs. And then we kind of tried to take a rest there, but still nothing was happening. So at a birth center, you can actually kind of come and go. And so they sent us home with some castor oil to go home and just kind of relax and get that going, which it's nice to be at home with you when you have castor oil and not at some birth center. <laughs> so that was nice. <laughs> my bet. <laughs> it's not the most pleasant feeling, but we tried it and still nothing really happened. I mean, I had some contractions, but they didn't kind of fall into the pattern that you would just think is happening in labor. And so we finally went back to the birth center and the contractions started to pick up a little more once we were there. And sure enough, I was at 10 centimeters, but I didn't have any sort of like real um, labor going on. I mean, real contraction pattern going on. So I tried to push in all sorts of different positions. Uh, They had me in the tub and on the bars and the birth stool and everything like that. But after about four hours, we were starting to wonder if we needed a little extra help. And every time I would push, the midwife and my husband could see my baby's head. But again, just kind of like my first birth, the baby wasn't descending. It wasn't coming under that pubic bone. And so we had a really good chat with our midwives and we decided that it was time to go to the hospital and see if we can have a little bit of extra care. And so when you're at a birth center, you can choose an ambulance ride or a car. And so my, we just decided to go in my husband's car and he drove us about a mile to the hospital and they uh, wheeled us up into delivery. When we got to the hospital, it was nice because my midwives were able to stay with us. They weren't the care team anymore, but they were there for support. So that was really great. 
But when the LB checked me at the hospital, she decided that if the vacuum wouldn't be very safe for me to deliver because she thought our baby was in a brow position. And that meant that my baby's forehead was coming mm, out yeah. instead of the back. And I had never heard about that. But the way they described it to me was good because they said I just couldn't get the momentum to push her out. It wasn't that I wasn't strong enough. It was just that because her head was in this wonky position, my body was having a really hard time getting enough oomph out yeah. of me to yeah. get her. So That's really um, so not a pleasant position for a baby like for mom either like that's a really yeah, hard that's position rough. it's a really hard position so you're yeah. amazing <laughs> thank you well they said that maybe it was because my water had broken she kind of just got lodged in this weird position so it was nice that they took the time to explain that to me because I, we were already a little bit freaked out having to go to the hospital and stuff like that and then hey, they Katie. Yeah. Can can I totally interrupt you really quick? Because I want to yeah. like I want to talk a little bit on what you just talked about and yeah, yeah your water breaking and and baby coming down kind of wonky. And I want to just tell everybody this is one of the reasons why I as a doula like I'm a little hesitant when someone says, "Oh, my baby's minus three. They just want to break my water to get labor going," because they want the more natural route, right? Which I think can be, yes, the more natural route because that's your natural hormones, but like that doesn't mean your body was ready for labor. But one of the things that I look at is minus three is really high. And so we have no idea how baby's going to come down like your baby did, right? And so if you're ever presented breaking your water in labor and your baby's really high, just take a mental note of that and, and maybe decide whether it's a good choice for you or not. So sorry, keep going. No, I love that advice. That's really good because I had no idea even about baby positions or, you know, I didn't know that they needed to be in a good position to come out. I just thought if their head's down, they're going to come out. And that wasn't really the case. So the OB at the hospital suggested that we get a C-section. And when she said that, my husband and I just got tears in our eyes and we were you know, scared and that sort of thing. But we looked over and my two midwives were just standing in the room with us and they were nodding and they had these really great smiles on their faces. And they said, like, we agree, like, this is a, it is a good idea. I think this is the best way to meet your baby. And they made everything a little bit less scary. And it wasn't even them. Yeah. They didn't even give us like facts or give us a big pep talk. It was just this nice smile and like they were with us. So that was really fun. So we went back into the OR and they did the C-section and I was pretty sleepy by then, just pushing forever and um, the transfer to the hospital and that sort of thing. So I recalling the C-section is a little bit foggy for me, which is hard, but my husband was still able to announce that we had a girl and he still brought her to my chest. I, I was a little bit too sleepy to hold her for a while, but he was able to hold her and that sort of thing. I think, though, just having a C-section when you're super tired and it's the last thing on your mind, you're not even expecting it, just creates a little bit of unease and a little bit of trauma and you're just a little bit scared. So we definitely processed that a lot with our midwives after our baby was here, and that was nice. They they sat down with us a couple times and just made sure everything was okay, and just their care for our mental health was wonderful. So even though it wasn't the birth that we were expecting again, it turned out to be really nice. And we just had to kind of let ourselves be a little bit vulnerable and process that. Yeah. And, and I, I love that. I love that they like 
talked you through it, like helped it be more of like a calm and educated discussion leading into this and then a calm experience versus like rushing and craziness and, and scary, you know, like, I think think that that, that in a care provider stands out. So I'm so glad that you had, like you said, even though it wasn't like what you were expecting, it, it was, it was good. Yeah, I agree. Nothing was scary. It was just different. It was a lot different story than we were expecting. And different's okay. Different's okay. Different's okay. And then, so just recently, about six weeks ago, we had a very different birth. Again, not what we were expecting. But I got pregnant with our third baby. And we, in Denver, Colorado, you're not allowed to have a VBAC at a birth center quite yet. They're working on changing that, but we weren't able to have care with the same birth center we went to. So we decided to go back to the midwives at the hospital that we had our first baby at, which I'm super happy about. They were a good fit and they're great midwives there. And so when we went in, of course, I start asking about VBACs right away. And I knew that's what I wanted to try. And I was really excited. And the cool thing that my midwife did was they went over my op notes for my C-section with me. They told me where my incision was and that I was a good candidate based on where my placenta was. And they kind of took an approach to the VBAC that I wasn't expecting. They laid out kind of the facts for me and then I wasn't scared about it. They said I was a really good candidate and it was a safe option for me. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, it was really cool. And so um, I had become a doula between my second and my third birth, just from going from a C-section and having my different birth stories, I had trained to be a doula. And so we, I knew that having a VBAC, it was really important to have a doula with me. So I asked my partners that I um, have the doula partner or the doula company with to be my doula for birth. And so we kind of just got prepared for having an unmedicated VBAC. I went to the chiropractor a lot. I listened to your podcasts a lot. I had taken a spinning babies class for my own doula practice. And so I used a lot of those exercises just for myself, especially in my last trimester. I think that my baby's positions were both wonky for both my first and second births. So it was really important for me to focus on the baby's position for this third birth, because I was hoping that by encouraging baby to be in a better position, I'd have a little bit faster of a birth. Yeah, a little bit more (laughs) straightforward and... Maybe two. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, th- I think it paid off. You'll hear in a second, but um, I think all that hard work paid off. And yeah, I felt really prepared. So for this third birth, things started developing with all the COVID um, stuff in the hospitals. And so this birth out of any of them, I had to pay a lot of attention of just taking care of myself and my headspace and my heart. Yeah. And that was a big change from my first two births. And I think it was so important, especially for a VBAC that I kind of just went inward and I would go on walks a lot. I meditated a lot. I did yoga and I just visualized my birth a lot and kind of helped keep the fear out of my kind of headspace. And I think that preparation and just letting myself do all of that was so important for my birth. And I think, and- I think too, um, like to tell, remind everybody else, like everyone's situation looks different and like finding out where your positive headspace is and then like staying in that because there are things along the way, especially with all this COVID and we don't know when it's going to end. I mean, right now 
it's May. It could go on till next year. Um, there could be a lot of ups and downs. So I love that you found what helped you and stuck with it and then carried it out for the rest of your pregnancy. Yeah, it was really nice. And my husband recognized it too. So he, you know, if I was getting in a weird anxious moment, he would like encourage me to go on a walk or he would like go grocery shopping. So I wouldn't have to go out and about. It was really good. Yeah. And it's nothing that we had planned for or gotten prepared for from a birth class or anything, but it was just, I don't know. It was something that my body just knew it had to do. So that was a really great way that I prepared in my prenatal time. And so as the end of my pregnancy winded down, um, it was found out that my doula wouldn't be able to be with us at the hospital because of COVID. And so that kind of threw a wrench in some of our birth plans because I was really going to rely on her for a lot of position changes and ideas for birth. But we decided that instead of her being at the hospital, she would just come to our house maybe when I was in labor so that maybe we could stay at our house a little bit longer before going to the hospital. So at my 39 week appointment with my midwife, she stripped my membranes and I had been kind of having that prodromal labor at night a little bit again. So I was hoping that that stripping of the membranes might kick things into gear. It didn't really seem to, it kind of just made me crampy and then went away. So a few days after my 39 uh, week appointment, I was having those contractions at night again. And so the pattern of for my labor for this one was that every night around 6pm around dinner time, these contractions would start up. And then they'd fizzle out around like 1030 or 11 or something like that. So on the night that uh, my son was born, of course, contractions start again at like dinner time. And I try not to pay attention because after having contractions a few nights in a row, you kind of learn to put it in the back of your head so you don't get too excited about anything. And nothing was crazy about them. They were just normal kind of irregular contractions. And so we put our two little girls to bed and my husband and I watched a comedy show and uh, we went to bed around 1030. And after about laying in bed for about 45 minutes, I just needed to get up and move a little bit. I just felt like my hips were kind of tight and they were feeling weird. And so I chose to go sit on the toilet, which as a doula, I'm like, I should have known I was in labor. But as a mom, I was just like, I think a toilet sounds really great to sit on. (laughs) So I uh, went and sat on the toilet for about 45 minutes or so. And I kind of just visualized my baby coming down. I like willed him to come down. I kept saying like, come down, baby, come down, baby. And the contractions started picking up into a pattern and I got really excited. So about um, 11, 15 or so, I told my husband, hey, I think we should call our midwife and tell her we're going to head in soon. And I wasn't thinking anything was going to go fast because the contractions were still pretty mellow and they were still about five minutes apart and nothing was looking like it was going to go quickly. And so he called the midwife and I stood up from the toilet to go to the counter And I started swaying a little bit. And while he was on the phone with our midwife's answering service, my water broke. But instead of just this slow trickle, like the second birth, it was like this massive splash. And it was Mm -hmm. crazy. Like (laughs) Like, in the movies? (laughs) Yes, like in the movies. And it was just like everywhere. I didn't know that was a possibility. And so we were both like, oh my goodness. And instantly after my water broke, this like intense sensation came over me. And the contractions were intense. The timing was intense. 
I wasn't quite pushy yet, but I just knew that things were going to go really quickly, like right after that. So my husband called my parents and told them, you need to come over to get the girls. And they they live about 10, 15 minutes away. And they, of course, shot out of bed and were coming as quickly as they could. And then my husband and I tried to quickly get down to the car so we could start driving to the hospital. And so we waddled into my room and I tried to get him to put my underwear on for some reason that was really important to me. And <laughs> trying the to put small a things on. in labor that we don't even understand, but they like, they matter in that very moment so much, you know? I, like, yes. And I needed and like, like, everyone's like, it doesn't matter. You're like, but it matters. It was so funny. I don't know why I was so obsessed with like my, him putting my underwear on, but I was like, you need to do this. This is so funny <laughs> what we're particular about. <laughs> I know. It's so fun. So he did that. He put on a skirt and on me, not on him. And we kind of like waddled our way down um, the stairs. So I have a split level house. So you have to go down two flights of stairs to our garage. And on the way down the stairs, I started feeling pushy and I got a little bit scared. I just thought it was going to be really terrifying if I had this baby at home. And I, I think I was just a little caught off guard of how strong these contractions were. I never had the urge to push with my first two births and I was expecting with a V-back like that things were going to be kind of slow and I didn't want them to be fast for some reason. So I got really nervous, but then at the bottom of the stairs, my husband was giving me like a hip squeeze and I just had this really good peace come over me. And I don't know if it's because I've heard so many birth stories before or if I've seen births, but I just kind of figured out that I knew it was going to happen. I knew the baby was going to come soon. So I, we were kind of getting ready to get into the car and I told my husband, you need to move the car seats. I need to be in this like middle row. And so he was working on that. He called my parents. They were still about five minutes away. So this was about this, all of this was happening about 15 minutes after my water had broken. And so it was, it was just happening so fast. And so we, we thought, okay, it's about midnight. So my girls were asleep. We knew my parents were about five minutes away. So we we're like, we should just go like this. This is happening. We need to go. So I got in the middle part of our car. We have kind of a minivan layout in our car. So I got in the middle and kind of leaned over the captain seat in the middle row. And I put, for some reason, I needed to put my foot up onto the, the seat. And so I was facing kind of towards the back of the car. And so I said, okay, let's go. And my husband started driving down the street and about 10 houses away from our house, the head came out. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We did, we did not make it very far. And I, the best, (laughs) (laughs) it was crazy. This, this just huge, huge urge to push came over me. And I say, I roared him out. My husband says I screamed him out. Um, and I said, or screams, you know, <laughs> it's the same. It's um, the same. so I was telling him the heads out, the heads out. And he slammed on the brakes. I think he says he was very gentle about it. And he kind of did a U-turn cause he thought, okay, we should go home. And so he, we were kind of in this parking lot off the side of our street, which is actually the parking lot to our church. And we were sitting there and the, the rest of the body came out and I said, the body, the baby's here, the baby's here. And sure enough, the baby like got caught in my underwear, <laughs> which is so good. I had my underwear on and I kind of scooped him out out of my underwear and 
he was here. It was just so crazy. It happened so quickly. And my husband couldn't believe it until we both heard this like cry. And it was wonderful. And he was on the phone with 911 because he was really scared and he didn't know what to do. And I just had this like enormous sense of strength and peace. And I knew everything was okay. I knew I wasn't bleeding and my baby was crying. And so we were just sitting in the parking lot of our church. And I said, everything's fine. The baby's here. Like, look at your son. And I didn't know he was a boy yet. But I said, look at your baby. And so he was on the call with 911. And they said, everything sounds fine. If you guys can drive to the hospital if you want. And so we decided we didn't need an ambulance. And we would just drive ourselves to the hospital. And it was amazing. It was so cool. So we started driving and it was snowy out. And um, underneath the stoplight, I was able to look down at the baby and I found out he was a boy. Oh, and I love that. It was so, it was dreamy. And I don't know, it was just way more than I could have ever expected. And yeah, so it was kind of just like the most perfect birth story. And it happened so fast and furious, but it actually ended really peacefully. And I kind of just wrapped myself up in this blanket and I took off my shirt and I did skin to skin with him on the floor of our car. And we were just kind of both looking up at my husband while he drove and it takes about 15 minutes to get to the hospital. And so my husband would slow down kind of under streetlights so he could take a peek back at his baby. And it was really, really sweet. Did you, did I just miss this? Did you deliver the placenta in the car? No, you didn't miss it. I did not deliver the placenta in the car. So I was wondering if I should or if I shouldn't, but I never felt the urge to push with it with Mm -hmm. the placenta. Mm -hmm. So when we got to the hospital, um, the 911 dispatcher called our hospital and told them we were coming. And my husband also called the hospital and told my midwife, oh, we actually have the baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And she was she was super pumped about it. She was so excited. And so they met me with a stretcher right outside her car and just okay. loaded me up with warm blankets and then took me in and they helped me to d- deliver the placenta. So they gave me a little bit of Pitocin and then they helped kind of push on it. And it came out yeah, about came 45 out. minutes after birth. Awesome. And no problems with bleeding or anything like that because the placenta yeah. Because I know a lot of people are like, oh, if the placenta's in for longer than 10, 15 minutes, like, you know, hemorrhage goes up. So I was just wondering if you had any bleeding issues or anything like that. No. And the staff of the hospital was so mellow and calm about everything. Like, oh, good. They were, they were all like celebrating that I had a V-back, which I thought was so cool because we were calling this my hat trick birth because I had already had, (laughs) 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 I had them all. And so they like joined in on the bandwagon and they had like different nurses coming in and saying like, you did it. And it was, we felt like rock stars. Honestly, it was just like, I don't know, their level of support and excitement matched ours, and it was so fun. Yeah. That is so exciting. That is so exciting. I just, <laughs> oh my gosh, I, my dream birth. That's, I was originally planning <laughs> that with my fourth baby. <laughs> I don't know if I've told this story before, but my plan, I was working with a doula who was also a videographer, so she's a, she took the video of my fourth my fourth birth and she and I were talking and we were like, all right, so we're just going to take all the seats out of the van. going to get some dollar store shower curtains and put some blankets down. And my husband's going to drive oh my gosh. to the hospital 
And, <laughs> and then if the baby's not born before we get there, then we'll just drive around the parking lot or um, until the baby's born. And then we'll go inside to make sure, oh, like, nice. I don't need stitches or... <laughs> baby's fine that was literally your plan but yeah that's what that's what we were gonna do and then she was gonna video and take pictures and it was gonna be like the best thing ever and then I told my plan to my husband and he's like mm, no mm, <laughs> he's like yeah. I feel like I've been a pretty patient husband like pretty <laughs> by all your home births and things like that like I'm on board with those I, I agree with those but I will not be the only one in the car when you deliver that baby. And I'm like, no, Danielle's going to be there. And he's like, you know what I mean? And I was oh like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I don't think my husband would go for that either. I don't know if that would be my plan, but like, I don't think I would like feel bad if it happened. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I would be like, this is cool. This is pretty cool. So but a lot of people fear that. People are like, a lot of people are like, I don't want to have a car baby. Like that seems so scary. But the way you explained, and I would have loved to have a car baby. <laughs> the, way, the way that you explained it, like it just sounded so calm and peaceful mm -hmm. and not scary, and um, beautiful, and just beautiful. So yes. car births don't have to be scary. I mean. Don't like plan a car birth like Julie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really though, like it was kind of more complicated than that because I was feeling very strongly that I needed to be in a hospital, but I really did but not didn't want, want to, be, to a hospital. be in a hospital. Right, right. Right. And so, but then halfway through my pregnancy, everything changed and I ended up birthing at home anyways, a planned home birth. And so it's just weird how sometimes these birth <laughs> journeys unfold because I was started out at home. I felt strongly I needed to change to the hospital. So I, I am a huge advocate for following your intuition. And so I follow mine and I just like, sometimes you just have to take a big leap of faith. And so I did. And then I hated it and I hated it and I hated it. I hated every prenatal. I waited an hour for my appointment. It was just so frustrating but I love the doctor that I chose. But then like our insurance changed and no longer covered the hospital that I was going to be at. And I was like, I'm not going to any other hospital in my insurance covers because I've been at births there and I've seen how they're treated. <laughs> and so we switched back to home birth and it was just, I don't know why we had to make that change, but we did. And so, so <laughs> my husband, Perfect. not on board with the car birth, but um, we ended up having a beautiful birth at home anyway so yeah no car which needed. is on our youtube channel right yeah yeah my mm -hmm. um two of my vback videos are on our youtube channel yeah the, Katie, you just search for us at the vback link yeah yeah it's a really good video too i'm wondering did you get many pictures did anyone snap pictures of this whole process of like you getting out of your car i mean there is a picture of you in the car which is awesome i love that that picture but yeah, did you get any other pictures or anything? I, I just love seeing things like that. Not really. I, I wish we would have. But from the time my water broke to Bennett, our son coming out, it was like Too fast. We think 20 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, it was so fast. And then when we got to the hospital, it was dark. It was midnight. So yeah, we didn't get any pictures until like the placenta had come out. And we were kind of like, we, <laughs> we were just so giddy and so excited. So much like happening. As soon, yeah, as soon as things calm down, then we snap some pictures. But that one in, of me in the car is like my most famous, like favorite picture of myself. Yeah, um, I, I just love it. I feel like so strong and so 
proud of myself and it was just amazing. Oh, you should be proud of yourself. You are amazing and we <laughs> think you're amazing and we're so grateful that you shared your awesome, fun story with us. And I wanted to remind um, everyone there was little bits of all your stories where I was like, oh, like there's so many things to learn about all of those topics. So in the very first one, you talked about prodromal labor and we have a blog all about that, like what it looks like and how to help prodromal labor turn into active labor. And a lot of the times prodromal labor is due to a baby that's in a poor position and your yep. body wants to get into labor. It wants to start labor, but like the baby's not like quite in the right position. And so your uterus is amazing. Let's just say uterus, cervix, woman's body. Oh my gosh, we're amazing. But it's working to get that baby in a better position. So we have a blog on that. And then we have, um, we have a blog also on game changing moves to do after your water breaks. Yeah. Now with your certain situation, baby was in a completely wonky position that was really hard to change. But um, we have a blog on that, a couple different ways to, things to try after your water breaks and things like that. And then home birth. Now, you didn't have a home birth. You had a car birth. Which is even better. <laughs> but for a lot of those people out there who are questioning, like, do I want to go to the hospital? Or like, mm -hmm. in general, we have a blog about that. And then we also have a blog on chiropractic care. Because you were saying, like, you know, my babies were in wonky positions, different positions, like with my first two. And so I wanted to do a lot of things. And so we talk about chiropractic care and spinning babies and all those things. These are really great ways to prepare so you can have a very different experience just like you did. And um, so, yeah, check those out if you're listening, the vbacklink.com slash blog. We've got a ton of really awesome blogs for you to really help, you know, just do all the things. Good yeah. job. And we're going to link to all those blogs that Megan just talked about in our show notes because we have an admin assistant now. What? Yes, we Can do. we give a shout out to Sarah? <laughs> Sarah is listening to the podcast and making sure that every, all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed before we publish them so that we will never miss a backlink in our show notes. Katie, I want to ask you our two questions that we are trying to remember to ask everybody at the end of the podcast now. Let's share your wise wisdom with our women of strength. Do you see how I did that alliteration? <laughs> what is a secret lesson or something nobody really talks about that you wish you would have known ahead of time when preparing for birth? I think the last few weeks of pregnancy are really tricky and it's kind of a mental game on you just want to have your baby, but you're also a little bit nervous and that sort of thing. And I think that no one talks about just preparing yourself for the end of pregnancy sometimes and just giving yourself a little bit of extra care and being a little bit selfish and saying, you know, what you need at that last bit of pregnancy helped me so much for my third one that I didn't do for my, my first two pregnancies. And I think just that grueling like last few weeks is tricky. And so I wish people would say, prepare something like really beautiful and wonderful for your last couple weeks of pregnancy to make it a little more enjoyable and make that mental game a little bit easier. I absolutely love that. I love that because I feel like we're 
as doulas, we're always having that conversation with parents at the end. And even as doulas, when we're pregnant, we, the end is still really, really hard. And so I absolutely love that answer. Thank you so much for that. The next one is what is your best tip for someone preparing for VBAC? I would look at different exercises to do in your last trimester of pregnancy. I really think that the blog post that you guys have on just different exercises and different spinning babies moves, chiropractic care, that sort of thing, just encouraging your baby to be in a good position is some of the best ways to prepare for hopefully a smoother birth. And there's nothing that you'll be sad about when you do all these exercises. And I think that if you go into birth knowing you've done enough preparation and that sort of thing mentally, but also physically, mm-hmm. uh, especially for us that are trying to go for VBACs, it's just such a, a freedom that, you know, I've given it my all. I've really done everything I can to get my baby in the best position. And I think it comes out with some really great results. So they're not really hard exercises or or practices, but I think those little moves to get your baby in a good position, especially for VBAC moms, is such a great thing. Yeah, totally worth it. And I know like a lot of it's like, oh, it's kind of time consuming, but something that I always tell my clients is just make it part of your bedtime routine. Like take an extra few minutes or so, you know, and make it a part of your bedtime routine. Yeah, that's that's what we did. My husband was an expert with the rebozo. By the time my baby came out, he was just sifting away and just <laughs> did such yeah. a good job. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love the rebozo. That's one of my favorites too. And it it does it brings some. It just relaxes you too. It sets you up really nicely for bed. Ah mm-hmm. oh, well, thank you so so much for sharing your story and these wise tips at the end. Um, we just love you and we can't wait to get to know you even better along this uh, doula part of your journey as well. Thank you so much for having me. I love you guys. I love all of your resources and I think you helped me out a lot. Oh, thank you so much. Well, we love you too and we can't wait to get to know you even more as part of our VBAC trained doula family. I am so excited every time. Do you know what? Megan, can I just add one more thing? We have a little bit of time left, right? Yeah. I love our Facebook doula group. All the doulas that enroll in our course get invited into a private Facebook group. And it is such a good group. Like there are some doula groups out there that are a little bit, can be a little bit vicious and a little bit rash and critical of other doulas choices and other doulas clients choices, I guess is the best way to say it. But I absolutely love that just like our Facebook community, our VBAC link trained doula group is really, really good. It has a great tone. Everyone's positive and happy and helpful. And I'm so grateful that Katie's a part of that now. And it just, I don't know, it just makes my heart happy to have a group of women who's only goal is to support each other because we need that so much right now. So if you're a doula and want to be in our group, go ahead and sign up for our doula course. You can just find it on our website, thevbacklink.com. But if you're not a doula or if you're not quite ready to sign up for our course yet, you can just join our regular community that's open to anybody at the VBacklink community on Facebook. Would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Head over to thevbacklink.com slash share and submit your story. 
For more information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to thevbaclink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.